How's it going, everybody? Welcome into the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Friday, November 13th, but forget the bad luck. Teddy, Pristash, and I are here to reverse that. Uh, we welcome back Teddy on for week 10 picks against the spread for the NFL season. It wasn't a great week for Teddy last week. Uh, but we are certainly both going to bounce back in a big way this upcoming week. Some really exciting matchups, some crappy ones, but we'll get to enjoy fun games like Tua versus Herbert. We'll get to watch the Seahawks and the Rams take on each other. Kyler Murray versus Josh Allen. It's going to be a fun slate of games. It all started last night with the Colts picking up a pretty big win over the Titans. Uh, just quick thoughts on that game real quick. Um, I think a lot of people are going to say that th this wasn't that impressive of a Colts win because of the special teams errors by the Titans. My only counter would be, you know, the Colts had two additional drives that finished in the red zone with zero points. And, and that's something that uh, doesn't happen often. You know, teams usually convert at a higher rate in the red zone, especially at least getting field goals. Um, so, you know, even if those drives ended in field goals, it's a 23-point game. If you got one touchdown in a field goal, then it becomes a, sorry, it becomes a 27-point game. It really was a dominating effort by the Colts. Um, defense looked great. Phil did enough. Michael Pittman, the last two weeks since coming back from an injury, has been getting better and better. Had 100 receiving yards this time around. Um, look, the Colts aren't the Steelers, Ravens, or Chiefs right now, but they're certainly in that tier below for me. Um, I, I, I like them not as much as the Bills. I definitely think they have the much better defense, uh, but the offense isn't there at the same. Um, I know they lost to the Browns earlier this year, but I think the Colts... Getting some players back in the last few weeks have certainly taken uh, another jump um, to where they're going to win the division, in my opinion. They're, they're the division favorites. I think they beat Tennessee second time around. Um, this one, this time it'll be in Indianapolis. And uh, look, I, I really think so uh, that, that they'll, um, they'll get things through. I don't think they're legit Super Bowl threats, but a good sound team that I think is uh, a quarterback and some extra uh, heat on the outside at, at receiver away from being legit contenders. So uh, we shall see how the season fares out for them, but let's kick it on over now to my conversation with Teddy Pristash. Once again, week 10 NFL season bets against the spread. All right. And for our Friday episodes, we always bring back in Teddy Pristash doing week 10 picks against the spread for the NFL season. Teddy, it is Friday the 13th, but we are going to bring some good luck for everybody this week. You told me that you're ready for a bounce back week uh, how you feeling about the board this weekend in in general? Yeah, you know, you know, Blake. Last week was a rough week for yeah. me. Yeah. And I went back and I reviewed the tape, listened to the podcast, and you know, I, I felt kind of slow. I felt kind of uh, cloudy, and I don't know. Maybe I wasn't feeling my best, but but I got a <laughs> lot of energy today. Good. Um, the Masters is on, which is always great. You the, know, the best. Um, and I'm and I'm amped and, and I'm ready for the bounce back. So I'm going to bring the energy today. And I'm ready for the bounce back, so let's do it. Awesome. Bumped a couple lines. You're ready to go. Uh, what's your What's your Sunday setup going to be with the Masters and football going on at the same time? Are you going to do like a small screen with the Masters? How's this? How's that setup going to look like? I've been trying to figure yeah. that out too. Honestly, I'll probably rock the two TVs like I usually do for football, and then just use my computer for the Masters. That's what I was thinking. Um, football really just takes precedent over everything else to me. Right. But yeah, that'll. That'll be my setup. I have I do a smaller uh, TV for whatever like nationally televised game is on, and then on my big screen I'll do Sunday Ticket so I can get four games on there, and then yeah. I'll I'll probably just use my computer for the um, for the Masters as well too. So 
that'll probably be my yeah. setup as well. It's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a lot of stuff to enjoy. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of kind of where we're standing at, just to take a look, um, I, I was able to pull out a 7-6 and six week last week. It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty. Um, that last one, uh, Jets plus 7.5, really brought me in there. Um, Teddy, uh, sitting at 4-9 and nine after last week. Bounce back week is coming for us. Um, taking a look at year-long standings, I'm currently at 62, 47, and 1. Teddy just a little bit below 500, 50, 56, and 4. Uh, both of us are going to get back to our winning ways this week, so hopefully we agree on a lot. Uh, let's start off in Cleveland, uh, where the Houston Texans at 2 and 6 are traveling to take on the 5 and 3 Browns. Browns are off their bye week. Houston has two wins this year, both against the Jacksonville Jaguars, so can't really give them much credit for that. Um, Houston also allowing 106 rushing yards per game this season, which is most in the NFL, which means a lot when you consider the Browns are expecting to have back Nick Chubb this week. Um, even if he's not ready to go, that run game has still been pretty solid without him. Kareem Hunt leading the way there, of course. Uh, first full game without Odell Beckham Jr. after he tore his ACL. Teddy, uh, the Browns are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Are you buying into the hype, or do you think Deshaun Watson can pull something out here? Yeah, this one's a little tough for me, but but I'm buying into the Browns here. Um, if you look at the Browns' schedule, they really haven't um, beaten anyone that great except for the Colts, mm -hmm. um, who became a little bit greater last night with that win over the Titans. Yes, they did. Um, but when you look at this, I just don't think the Texans are that great of a team. And I think the Browns, and especially the Browns' offense and Baker Mayfield, are um, they play better when they're against teams that aren't going to be getting to the quarterback a lot. Mm -hmm. And I just I think the deal the Texans' D line isn't what it used to be. JJ uh, Watt he only has four sacks this year. I think he only has like seventeen quarterback pressures even, and he's playing almost 91% of the snaps. I mean, he's wow. out there all game. He just He's not as dominant as he used to be. Mm -hmm. um, the Texans' secondary has been very bad all year. Um, I think this game is really just going to come down to um, who can get – well, for the Texans, I think it's going to come down to explosive plays. Can they get enough big plays um, to keep up? But the Browns, I think they're going to – with Nick Chubb back, I think they're going to be able to run the ball, control the clock. And then they still always have that big playability, especially when they give Baker some time to uh, to sit there in the pocket and, and read the defense. So, so I'm going Browns minus three and a half. I just don't think the Texans are a good enough team to to, to overcome this one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Browns minus three and a half. The only thing that worries me a little bit is sometimes teams just you you just have a feeling that a team would struggle against an elite quarterback. And Deshaun Watson, despite having you know a down year. Um, all things considered, he has a terrible situation around him right now. And also, you know, losing DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason really hurt, um, you know, the receiver talent in Houston. There's sometimes that you just get worried that the quarterback just might be greater than, you know, the defense and can pull things off. Deshaun Watson is one of those guys that can win games that they're not supposed to. So the, the line scares me where it's at three and a half. I like... Deshaun Watson should be able to get some plays, and really it's it's how often can Will Fuller break behind the back end of that defense. Um, but another thing that i got to consider, too, this Texans defense, you know, they, they beat the Jaguars last week, but they only beat them by two. The, the Jags kept it pretty close, and they haven't been able to keep it close to really anybody um, except the Colts in week one and then uh, and then the Texans uh, this most recently. So I'm with you. Browns three and a half. I don't love it. Um, obviously, I'm still going to bet it. I bet all of these games. Uh, I just put down whatever to win 10 
on each of these every Sunday. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Browns minus three and a half. I don't love it just because Deshaun Watson scares me sometimes. All right, so let's move on to Detroit now. Not a uh, terrific game to really talk about for that long. The Washington football team at two and six. Uh, now going to Alex Smith as the starter, uh, with Kyle Allen being out for the season, um, suffered a, um, an unfortunate injury uh, to his ankle last week. Um, Alex Smith, fun fact, 5-0 and career record against the Detroit Lions, uh, but this Washington football team is not that great. Uh, Detroit now 3-5 and on the season. Um, they are 4.5 point favorites at home. Teddy, was this line at all a little bit weird to you when you saw it? I mean, I think both these teams are pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but for me, <laughs> it's kind of just like one of those toss-up games. I mean, maybe I would expect this to be more around three. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, betting on either of these teams really honestly scares me. It hasn't been going great this year for me when I do. Um, but again, Galladay, he didn't practice yesterday on, on Thursday. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, and you know... That's what I do with oh, these yeah. Lions teams, especially when they're against other bad teams. You know, I just don't. I think that Galladay is what separates them from from these other bad teams. And Washington, you know, I do think they looked a little bit better with Alex Smith last week um, once he came in. Obviously, he's not this guy who's gonna be making these plays that are gonna win you games. But but I do think he makes the right decisions a lot of times where other more inexperienced quarterbacks would make a different decision and force a mistake or first force a turnover um so i'm not confident in this at all but i'm just going to go washington with the points um four and a half is you're right it is bigger than i anticipated a little so i'm right in washington like you said not a whole lot about this game um just two bad teams we'll see what happens right i I agree with you it's a toss-up to me i'm on the other side i'm gonna go lines minus four and a half I, i don't really have a lot of reason to to feel strong about it um, one thing that I, I do know, we got a little bit of a Adrian Peterson revenge game here, so maybe they can give him some touches, even though DeAndre Swift has definitely been the guy for them the last few weeks. Um, really, I, I'm just going with the home team here. I don't love it. I don't love that they have to win by five. I just think in general, I think, I think we have to consider the NFC East teams, when they play against each other, we always come out of those games being like, oh, maybe maybe the team that lost by three actually isn't that bad. Washington lost to the Giants by three, and we don't think the Giants are that good. We don't think anybody in the NFC East is good. So I'm I'm just selling. I, I'm, I'm taking the team that has to play tougher opponents because I think I know more about them than I do a team like Washington. So I'm going to take the Lions to win by five, but these first two games, man, I, I don't necessarily love a whole lot. Um, really, really, uh, kind of a, a weird game in, in Green Bay. Really large uh, spread here. The Packers six and two, one of the best offenses in football. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are the best, if not one of the best, quarterback wide receiver duos in the league right now. They've been magnificent this year. Um, they are hosting the one and seven Jaguars, who have Jake Lutton at quarterback. Didn't look that bad last week. He actually looked kind of good, but we also have to consider that's the Texans' defense, one of the worst in football. Um, obviously, they've got the talented, undrafted rookie James Robinson at running back. Jaguars can run the football. Packers kind of struggle to stop the run. Um, all things considered, though, the Packers are 13-point favorites. Teddy, is the spread too big for you, or do you think the Packers can get it done? How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, listen, man, these big spreads, I say it every time. They suck. They get me. But 
And that, and you, you just said it right there. That's what scares me about this game is the Packers and their inability to stop the run, and the Jaguars and um, the best part of their offense being James Robinson and that run game. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to stick with the Packers here against the points. And when you look at this, you, the Packers are to me a top three team in the NFL. I like you just said. I believe in Devontae Adams. I believe in Aaron Rodgers to get it done any given Sunday. Jaguars are coming in with Jake Luton, um, who, granted, had a pretty good debut last week. Mm-hmm. You know, he went 26 of 38, 304 yards, touchdown, one interception. Um, but I think history has shown us that a lot of times these new quarterbacks can come out and have one good game, and then the next week, and then maybe the week after that, they come crashing down to earth. Um, so. I don't think Luton is going to show up the way he did last week, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on the um, the front line of the Jaguars and and the run game and James Robinson because I think the Packers will be able to stack the box. Um, Jair Alexander will be able to cover DJ Shark. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think I, I I still just think the Jaguars aren't that great of a team. Last week they did come back against the the, uh, the Texans, but that was an eleven point game almost the whole fourth quarter. Um, so I'm riding with the Packers here. It's a big spread. It scares me, but I think they blow them out. Yeah, you made a really good point uh, just a, a few seconds ago. You know, thinking about the, the Packers' secondary and how strong it is, uh, and the Jaguars' run offense compared to the run offenses they've faced earlier this year. So the two teams that have really just kind of blown them apart, the Buccaneers had a really strong run game, but the problem is is that they have so much receiver talent you have to kind of play off. You've got to focus on the receivers. Same with Minnesota. Look, I don't love Kirk Cousins, but Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are a great one-two duo. Um, and so you have to respect the pass game for both of those teams. Whereas, you know, yes, you want to focus on stopping Dalvin Cook, but you also don't want to get burned on play-action plays. So you made a really good point with the Jaguars where nothing on the outside really scares you a whole lot, especially with Lutton at quarterback. You know, Chark is a good receiver. Outside of him, there's not a whole lot that I love. And so if if the secondary can do its part, they really can stack the box, like you were saying. So I'm with you. I'm going Packers minus 13. I thought you described that uh, perfectly. Um, I just kind of wanted to, to reemphasize that point there. I think the Packers blow this one out. Um, yeah, you, you get a little worried because, well, they, they have a good rush attack, so maybe they won't be able to uh, – maybe they'll be able to keep Rodgers off the field. But I think being able to fully focus on the passing game and not – or on the run game and not have to really worry – about the back end of the defense, I think the Packers will be able to adjust to that and come out uh, on top by by at least two touchdowns. Let's see it. Yep. All right. So we're we've agreed on two, disagreed on one so far. Let's head to talking about the NFC least. Uh, the three, four, and one Philadelphia Eagles are traveling up to New York to take on the two and seven Giants. Philadelphia has won eight straight games against New York, um, and of course Philadelphia right now uh, leading. This awful division, uh, despite having a three and four, three four and one record, um, it, it, the Giants, the Giants have kind of been my little my my team for a few weeks now, where I've really been backing them. I, I had them, um, I, I backed them last week. I, I took them to win over the Washington Football Team. It was actually uh, one of my best bets of the week. Uh, Philadelphia coming off the bye here, hopefully getting a little bit healthier. They are three and a half point favorites on the road. Teddy. Uh, how do you see this one breaking down up in New York? Yeah, I mean, I just, like you just said, I just want to shout you out for 
that was honestly that's a great pick, a quality pick last week with the Giants over um, Washington. And I think that uh, as listeners, we should all just appreciate who Blake is um, <laughs> and and what he knows about this sport because it's honestly awesome. So shouts out you, Blake. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you look these NFC East games have been a different beast this year. You know, it's almost been like this like weird, exciting like mini league competition that's that's just been so interesting and all of these games barring the the washington dallas game a few weeks back have been really close Mm -hmm. um and so for me right there makes me want to take the giants they're getting three and a half points um anything over three you know i think this game will be within that one to three point range um and then you also just think about um if the Eagles win this game, you know, it's really going to separate them in the NFC East. And I just don't think I'm ready for that to happen yet. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go with the Giants because I'm not ready for this. Four wins for the Eagles will just kind of blow it open a little bit. And and I don't want to see that. Hmm. Um, I also just, Jalen Rager um, is going to be playing this week. I, I'm, I'm just definitely interested to see what he can bring to the table. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's played in, in one or two games before this, but... I'm really interested to see what he can do. Um, so that's just a little note, but but I'm going to ride the Giants here. I mean, I, maybe I'm going a little bit off last week with you and your pick, but but three and a half. It, it seems like a lot of points to me for these for these weird garbage games that these NFC East games are. So I'm taking the Giants with the points. Yeah, I'm going to take the Giants with the points too, and I'm going to pick them to win outright. Um, and, and what's crazy enough, they win outright. They're sitting at three and seven. Eagles will be three, five, and one. Giants are, I mean, could they be one of those teams that just comes out and, and wins this division? Who knows? Exactly. We need this to happen. Exactly. I, I want some craziness going on in the NFC East. My thing is, like, it, it's so weird how the Eagles, like, I, I don't know, they're so bad. Like, Carson Wentz has actually been garbage this year. He has been one of the worst uh, quarterbacks. Right, but then his stats are still kind of good, which right. makes me so annoyed. Yeah, exactly, so exactly, because he'll get those like few plays, those few ones where he just he gets lucky. The turnovers are awful. I mean, he's turning yeah. it over at like a Daniel Jones type he's level. Addicted. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, uh, here's my thing: the Giants, like I said, they're they're just they're well coached. Like Joe Judge, we talked about him last week, two weeks ago. He's. This is kind of the run this year that I'm expecting. What we got of my out of Miami to close out last year. You know, Miami won a couple games late in the season. They were getting better each week. They even upset the Patriots at the end of the regular season. The Giants, to me, it's like okay, they're getting their feet wet. We're halfway through the season with a new head coach. We're buying into the system. I, I'm, I'm a believer in Joe Judge now. Long term for the Giants, I still think you got to get rid of, of Gettleman up there as general manager. I don't think that he is the right guy to be leading the way for New York, uh, but I do believe they have the head coach figured out. So I'm going to take the Giants here. I just think that right now they are the more physical team. The, the Eagles kind of play a little scared sometimes, um, and I just think the Giants are going to go out there. Hard-hitting game. Um, I like James Bradbury back there uh, in the secondary for the Giants, a young corner, I believe, in his second season who has been, you know, Coming along pretty strong uh, through the you know midway point of this season, um, I'm going to take the Giants to win this one plus three and a half, um, and and I really do think I, I look the roster is really bad. They've got a lot to do. They haven't drafted necessarily that great. You know they took Andrew Thomas at, at pick four, and all three other tackles available in the first round have been you know leaps and bounds better than him. So that's why I'm not on the 
GM for the Giants, but I think they've got the head coach figured out. And in a game this close, um, even if they lost by one or two, I could see it, but I definitely think they'll keep it within three. Love it. Love it. Um, I just want to, I want to go on a little mini rant here. Let's hear it. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, probably like 2010, maybe 2011, when the seven and nine um, Seahawks made the playoffs and um, ended up winning a game with Marshawn Lynch going beast mode. Um, but all I remember from that is everyone loves to, because this is what's going to happen with the NFC East this year, and everyone's going to complain and they're going to say, they're going to say, oh, they should change the rules. A, a, right. a, a team with an under 500 record shouldn't be in the playoffs. Listen, the NFL is the NFL. The rules are the rules. Exactly. The division champions get to play. So if the Giants win the division at 5 and and 11 or whatever they're going to be, <laughs> then so be it, you know? Right. I don't want to hear the complaints. I just want to enjoy the hilarity that that will be. Oh, so, yeah. So I'm just, I know it's going to happen, and we're getting into that midway point of the season where, where these things are kind of taking shape and we're seeing who has a chance. And I'll tell you right now, whoever wins this NFC East, a lot of people are going to be mad about it um, to see them in the playoffs. But, but you just got to gotta take what the league gives you, and you got to roll with it. Exactly. The, the schedule changes every year, so the difficulty in opponents you have to face changes. So, you know, maybe they're just having a bad break with the schedule. Obviously, we think all of the four teams in there are bad, and, and, and they are. But winning your yeah, division winning your division matters. Uh, and sure, I, I think the people will get most upset because, you know, a team like that will get to host a playoff game. You know, it's the home yeah. field advantage you get. But look, if you're a wild card team, win your own division. That's not, yeah. that's not their fault. You didn't win your division. I, I agree with you. I think... It's funny, but to actually complain about it is a little stupid. All right, let's go over to the NFC South, uh, where we've got a fun one here. The Buccaneers, six and three, uh, got humiliated, humiliated uh, last week by the Saints. We were both on the Buccaneers. Uh, you had it as one of your best bets. I felt really good about it. They looked awful. Thirty-eight to three, I think, was the final there. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the Panthers, you were on that game as well, too. Ted, that was one of your ones that you were really on last week, taking them plus 10.5 to the Chiefs. Um, I was on the other side, Chiefs minus 10.5. Uh, really, you know, I, I don't think we discussed, I think we talked about this in the middle of the week, I don't think we discussed anything about Christian McCaffrey being back and the impact that would bring to, to the offense. Um, and now it appears like he might not be available this week. It's still kind of up in the air, I believe, unless you've seen something uh, more recently than I have. Um, no, um, he's not going to play this week, but originally his first opinion was that he was going to miss like a couple weeks. Gotcha. Um, and I actually just saw this morning that he's go he got a second opinion and the, the new report, I think it was Schefter who reported that, that there's, there's a very real chance that he'll play in week 11. So he's not going to play this week, but, okay. but a very real chance that it'll just be a one week injury. So we'll just have to monitor that and see mm. what happens. Right. Well, yeah. So the Panthers, I mean... You know, McCaffrey or not, they've been playing teams pretty close throughout the season. They've been ones to hang around in there. Um, you take a look, though, Tampa Bay only allowing 77.9 rushing yards per game this season, which is fewest in the NFL. The run defense, despite losing Vita Vea, you know, they traded for, uh, what's McClendon? Is that his name from the Jets? Is that what they traded Steve for? McClendon, yep. yep McClendon. Um, and so the Buccaneers' run defense has been great. So Mike Davis stepping back into a larger role. He'll have a tough uh, task ahead of him. The Buccaneers are road six-point favorites. Teddy, are you buying into Tampa or into uh, Tampa bouncing back, or do you think Carolina can maybe get a little bit upset here, like they almost did with the Chiefs last week? 
Yeah, well, before I get into this game, I just I, I want to talk about that Chiefs game because um, obviously that that was one of my only picks that kind of gave me any, yeah. any mm-hmm. hope last week. Um, so I just want to shout them out. I mean, they honestly, they just had a great game plan for playing the Chiefs, and that that's all to coaching, um, and, and I want to give that credit where it's due to Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Yep. Um, they stayed on the field. They dominated the time of possession. Um, they went... Three for three on fourth downs, which which obviously is going to be huge. Um, they really just tried to keep the Chiefs off the field as much as they can, which is it's really the only recipe to try to beat this team because the Chiefs have broken football. Their offense is so great um, that it doesn't even matter if you put up 30 points because they, they can outscore you, you know? Right. Um, going to this week, though, I, I just, I'm going to take the Bucks to bounce back just because... I just don't think that they can lose two in a row. That Bucks Saints game was crazy. I went in so confident in the Bucks, and I just have no clue what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that those things can happen, you know. Like any given Sunday, anything can happen. Right. And I just, I, I I'm gonna take the Bucks. I'm gonna take Brady coming off of a loss. Um, their last game off of the loss. Um, after they lost by one to Chicago, they came out and they destroyed Green Bay 38-10. to yep. You know, so they came out with a vengeance over what I think is one of the best teams in the NFL, and they dominated them. So, I know last week I was all in on Teddy Two Gloves and, and Teddy Covers, you know. And right. Because the Panthers, they like to cover the spread. But but I'm going the Bucks here. It's a six-point, one-touchdown um, game is all they need to win it. And, and I, think, I think they'll win by more than that, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going with the clock. I'm pretty confident in it. Yeah, I want to echo what you were saying before I give my pick. Uh, the the Joe Brady and Matt Rule, like they they've got it figured out. And whether or not, you know, I I, I believe Joe Brady. I I know it's only one year as like a primary offensive coordinator. I think he's ready for a head coaching job. His offense has succeeded at the collegiate level. I know. His, I know the place he could go. Let me hear it. The Jets. Oh, of course. Yeah, the Jets. He, I mean, honestly, it, it wouldn't be a bad one. You give him Trevor Lawrence. You give him uh, receiver play, a left tackle. I, 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 You know I want Cincinnati. I don't know if the Bengals fire Zach Taylor or not, but I, I think if Burrow went and said, hey, I want Joe Brady, I think that they would listen to him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. There's a, there's a For those offensive-minded coaches, there are going to be so many fun opportunities available. The Texans and Deshaun Watson – Personally, I think that the Chargers should move on from Anthony Lynn, so Justin Herbert and those receivers, the Jets and Trevor Lawrence potentially. Maybe, uh, well, the Giants aren't going to be firing. Whoever gets Justin Fields maybe if there's no head coach there, if you're Jacksonville and you have Justin Fields. A lot of offensive minds are going to have a, a lot of options to pick from this year. That'll be very enticing. So I want to echo that. Matt Brady, or Joe Brady doing a great job. Matt Rule, terrific head coach. I like what they're building there, but I'm with you on the Bucks minus six bounce back game. Like you said, the Bucks bounced back after their previous loss to the Bears and blew out the Packers. Um, just like the Packers, you know, they got blown out by Tampa Bay, and then the following week they blew out. I want to say it was. I have no idea who it was. It was a bad team, but they still blew them out. I just think that the Buccaneers are a touchdown favorite. Um, that, that they're better uh, than the Buccaneers by at least six, or better than the Panthers by at least six points, and especially given the fact that. You know, the Panthers do need to run the ball to have a, a balanced attack for them. It can't just be all Teddy. Um, going back to Mike Davis and going against the Buccaneers' defensive line, I, I just think that the Bucks could win this one pretty big. And it could it could get ugly. Yep, and that was the Raiders that they beat 45-20. to 20. Yes, okay, perfect. Gotcha. 
Awesome. All right, so let's move on now to one of the most exciting matchups of the week for me. I, I'm assuming so for you, too. The Buffalo Bills at 7-2 and two put up 40-plus points on the Seahawks this past week. Uh, really huge game back for Josh Allen. You take a look. You know, John Brown's pretty important to that offense. And, and it's, it's crazy the difference it makes when he is on the field. So then you have Diggs. Him, Beasley, and also uh, Taylor Gabriel, or is it Taylor Gabriel or Gabriel Davis? Or? Gabriel Davis. Yeah, Gabriel right. Davis. Yeah. So I mean, just the the difference that John Brown makes when he's on there for that offense is huge. Uh, they are traveling to take on the Arizona Cardinals, who are five and three, coming off of their loss to the Miami Dolphins this past week. A really exciting game between Tua and Kyler there. Um, I'll, I'll want to talk about Tua uh, later on when we get to that game. Um, Buffalo has won six of the last seven games in Arizona. It's also a John Brown revenge game here. He spent his early parts of his career in Arizona. Uh, the Cardinals are two-point favorites at home. Uh, I think I, it, earlier in the week, the Cardinals were one-point favorites, so I think a lot of people are backing Arizona right now. Teddy, uh, are you riding with the Bills here? Are you riding with Kyler? Give me your breakdown of this game, because I, I know you got to think it's a really exciting matchup this week. Definitely, definitely. And I feel like these Bills, um, these Bills games, they're always against teams that give me pause, you know, and, right. and I don't get to feel super, super confident picking them. But I am going to ride with the Bills this week. Um, I think that the Bills, the Bills are a weird team because we know exactly what they are. And that doesn't help us because the Bills, maybe you're right, maybe it is John Brown, but the Bills truly can be elite on any given Sunday, at least offensively. Yep. I mean, last week they put up 44 points against the Seahawks, who granted have a horrible defense. And, and didn't run but, the ball at all. Yeah, They just passed. Exactly. And like, it's, it's just, they can be, Josh Allen can play great, throw for over 400 yards, throw for four touchdowns. He can do it all. But then sometimes he just doesn't, you know? And they right. don't do it as, as consistently as we'd like to see. Um, but when you look on the flip side with the Cardinals, they they just have continued to let me down. Um, I mean, last week against the Dolphins, um, obviously their, their offense just didn't do enough to me, and their defense has just not been great all year, you know? And I think, obviously, their defense is probably a little better than, than um, the Seahawks, but I still just don't think they're that great. And I think the Bills, we're getting into that midpoint of the season where, Obviously, the Bills are sitting at 7-2, and two, so they're in a good spot. But they've had some close games where they didn't play great, you know. And you got to have momentum going into the playoffs. you got to start putting it together and being able to play at a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they're going to be able to do that. I think Josh Allen comes out and has a good game. Um, so I'm riding Bills plus two. Yeah, I'm with you. Bills plus two, take the Bills money line. Um, yep. my, my thing here with Buffalo, or here, I'll start with Arizona first. I, I still think that people are just really, um, are really, uh, st- I don't know if they're buying necessarily buying in on the defense, but they're taking a look at the numbers for the defense and saying, oh, it's not that bad. But everything that I've said this year about the Cardinals is that first half of their schedule was so easy. You know, oh, they only allowed 10 points to the Jets. Well, it's the Jets, you know, some of these games here, they're just—they're not allowing a ton of points to really bad teams. Um, even the Dolphins game. Look, I, I putting up 34 points for that Dolphins offense is not what it should have been. They shouldn't have put up that many points against Arizona. Arizona is a bad defense. They've got Patrick Peterson, who has been eh this year. He's been hit or miss. Um, you know, you've got the talented safety in Buda Baker, who I really like. Uh, but then you consider in the front line, 
Look, Chandler Jones has been out for a while. He's out for the rest of the season. I think that this is a bad defense that the numbers aren't reflecting yet because of how easy their schedule is. So I think people are still buying a little bit too much into Arizona's defense. I think Buffalo will have a field day. I think they could run the ball. They could pass the ball. Zach Moss, the last two weeks, is just starting to get a little bit more involved. I know he's one of those guys, you know, through college, you were concerned with the injury history. So I think they wanted to make sure what his legs could take in the first half of the season. They're trying to give him some more carries now. To me, he's the lead back in that in that offense. And I think Singletary is kind of the change of pace guy. Um, but I just think that the Bills, you know, with, with the receiver talent, when all four of them are out there, it's terrific. Uh, I, I don't think the Cardinals... You know, the Cardinals will be able to put up points on Buffalo's defense, just as Seattle was the past week. But I just, I, I'm rolling with the Bills right now. Um, you know, I, I just think that their offense, when it's rolling against bad defenses, it looks great. And so I'm with you, Bills plus two, Bills money line. I'd take them both. I already have, to be honest. Um, let's move on now. Yeah, anything else you want to say? Nope. All right, perfect. Let's move on now to the AFC West. Uh, fun game here between the Denver Broncos sitting at 3-5. and five. Uh, They lost last week to the Atlanta Falcons. Teddy, I had a four-game uh, money line parlay. I had the Bills plus money line. I had the Dolphins money line. I had the, uh, let's see, the Giants money line. And then I had the Broncos. <laughs> and then I was so close, I hit three out of four. Uh, I, I, put, I put $3 on it. It would have won me like over 100 so it's a brutal one. Uh, the Broncos weren't able to pull it off in Atlanta uh, last week. They are traveling now to take on the Las Vegas Raiders, who are 5-3. and three. We've talked a lot about them. One of those teams that still is in the playoff hunt uh, could get in there pretty easily um, the way the rest of their schedule shakes out. Uh, just a historical fact here, Denver has won 12 of the last games versus the Raiders. Uh, so typically o- over the last, what would that be? Um, 12 in a row? Well, they've won 12 of the last 17, so they're 12 and 5. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, 12 Jesus, and 5 in that I was stretch. like, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's what, <clears throat> nine years? Yep, yep. So, yeah, they've done pretty well against uh, against the Raiders historically. Uh, but this time around, the Raiders are 4.5-point favorites. Teddy, how do you feel about this one? The line is kind of in that midway point between the 3 and 7 where you go, eh, I don't know, Broncos defense can be good sometimes, or are you just really buying into the the Raiders here? Yeah, I, you, you are right about that. Um, and I think the Broncos make it <laughs> make it so difficult because you look at what they've done these past two weeks, mm-hmm. and that's played really bad and then go into the fourth quarter and right. turn it on. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> two weeks ago against the Chargers, they have 10 points going into the fourth, and then they score 21 <laughs> in the fourth, and they win that game. And then last week against the Falcons, they have six points going into the fourth, and then they score 21 um, in the fourth quarter. So that just scares me um, because, obviously, they Drew Locke has shown that ability to play well. He's just got to start doing it before the fourth quarter. you got to do it the whole game. Um, but for me, when you look at the Raiders, um, you look at their schedule, they've had three losses that came week three against the Pats when the Pats were kind of good, or at least everyone thought they were good. Right. They have a loss to Buffalo and a Tampa Bay blowout. But other than that, you know, they've been pretty good this year. And I think that's kind of what the Raiders have showed us over these past couple of years is, yeah, they're not going to be one of those top-tier teams in the league, but they're pretty freaking good, you know, and they have talent and they have good coaching, and, and Derek Carr can get it done 
um, to a certain extent. So the Broncos, to me, they just haven't been consistent enough for me to believe in them against what I believe is a good team in the Raiders. So I'm taking the Raiders uh, minus four and a half against the points. I just think they're a better team. I think the Broncos have just been so inconsistent that, that I can't rely on them. You know, it's the inconsistency that's going to put me on the other side. I'm going to take Broncos plus four and a half. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, am I really going to keep betting on the Broncos? You know, I had them plus four to the Falcons. I've been on them a couple times this year. Um, and, it, and it really has come back to bite me in the butt. So maybe this will be the final week that I bet on them. I just, you know, when you take a look at the offenses, the Falcons are one are, are a team that isn't um, – isn't run oriented you know they like to just throw down the field they like to pick apart the secondary it's Matt Ryan and Julio Jones you know there was no Calvin Ridley last week so but they were just going deep pass concepts and just torching the uh the Broncos secondary the Raiders they'll get they'll get a few plays a game where they stretch it down the field but really it's all running through Josh Jacobs and Devonta Booker um and, and then Darren Waller um and then you know a shot to Nelson Aguilar or Henry Ruggs deep every once in a while. I think that the Raiders' play style plays a little bit into Denver's favor because I really do like their front seven. Uh, they've got some defensive tackle play that I really like. I just think it's going to be a close game. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to say the Broncos are going to come out here and win, but I do think that division matchup means a little bit to it where it'll be kind of one of those wonky games. Um, Denver has also historically owned the Raiders, so it's just something where it's like, okay, they're, they're, they they got to keep it close at least, right? Um, so I, I'm going to be on the flip side here. I'm going to take Broncos four and a half, but if they burn me here this week again, I'm probably going to have to stay away from them for the rest of the year. So uh, so let's talk about, Ted, this this next game, man. I I am so excited for this game. Uh, there's a whole yeah. lot going on here. The, the Los Angeles Chargers, two and six, traveling to take on the Miami Dolphins, five and three. Dolphins making a push for the playoffs. Uh, impressive win over Arizona this past week. Uh, we've got the battle of rookie QBs, Justin Herbert and Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, Justin Herbert was a guy I said the Dolphins should take. I think that up to this point, I feel pretty good about that. Um, I, I did want to spend some time real quick and talk to you about Tua this past week. Uh, because obviously, much better game than it was against the Rams for him. He, he looked great. His accuracy yep. was good. You show, you show, he showed a little bit more ability, mo, uh, mobility than I thought that he had. Um, he was able to to really get some some bootleg passes and things like that. Um, with with Tua, he he's very accurate. He goes through reads extremely quick. But here's here's my thing. Uh, if we're not going to say that we can be. Um, you know, they, they played the Rams first. He didn't throw it a bunch. They got the win, but it, it wasn't impressive from Tua. And we were like, okay, the Rams have a really good defense. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, a lot of talent on there. You know, maybe it's just because it was a bad defense. If we're going to say that, then we also have to acknowledge that the Cardinals have a really bad defense, a really bad one. And so the numbers look great, but we also have to say, like, it's just two games. One game he played a very, bad, a very good defense, and the other week he played a very bad defense. So... I was impressed. What I've said with Tua all along is I want to see game by game him get better and better. Uh, and from game one to game two, he looked better. But we also have to acknowledge that the Cardinals defense is really bad this year, especially in the last few weeks. Um, and and the, the other thing that I wanted to say about that as well, too, this past... Here's, here's the funny thing with Tua. You know, in, in game one, because they didn't have him do so much against the Rams, you know, I think he threw 12 times in that game. There's not a lot of film there. There's not a lot of film off 12 passes to see what that offense will look like. 
this past game against the Cardinals, he threw it, you know, in the 30s. A lot of, you know, play action passes, things like that. Uh, so now you've got more film on him. I I'm going on a long rant about Tua here. I I'm going to pass it over to you while I gather my thoughts about this game specifically. Because I, I do, it's a tricky one for me. The Chargers 2-6, and six, Dolphins 5-3. and three. It's in Miami, late afternoon game, West Coast team going to the East Coast. Uh, and the Dolphins are two and a half point favorites when we locked it in. Uh, Teddy, where do you where do you go with this? I know I know me. You know I, I love the Dolphins and I also love Justin Herbert. So it's a tough game for me to pick here. Uh, how do you see this one going out? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think your rambling and your kind of uncertainty is it hits it right on the head because this is a game that I I really it took me a lot of time to kind of nail down what I thought about these two teams mm -hmm. because. Last week with Dolphins Cardinals, I did. I really wanted to be right about that game, you know, and and I wasn't. And the, the Dolphins ended up besting the Cardinals. Um, you're right. Tua played much better. He looked way, way, way better than he did two weeks ago. But again, for me, this is another game. This is two games in a row now for the Dolphins that offensively, if you just look at the statistics, it looks like they got outplayed. If you look at mm -hmm. the statistics without a score, you would have think that the Dolphins lost the last two games when really they won them. Right. Um, so that just scares me a little bit because it just a, a, a couple things go the other team's way, and those games could be flipped. Yeah. Um, and so for me, this one, I'm going to go with the Chargers, and it, it really just comes down to the Chargers' defensive line against Tua. Mm -hmm. Um you were just talking, Tua played really well against the Cardinals with a bad defense, and he played not too great, um, who'd they play two the weeks Rams. ago? Against the Rams, yeah, with that defense. And you look at this, you look at this uh, Chargers defensive line with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, like, I think they're going to be able to get to Tua, and so you take that young QB against two elite pass rushers, and I think that's just going to be hard. Um, obviously, you go on the flip side, Justin Herbert, also a good, um, also a rookie quarterback playing against a good defense. But the Dolphins are sitting here at five and three. If they win this game, they become a legit playoff contender. Yeah. And for me, I just don't really see that happening. So I think the Chargers are primed for an upset. Get Justin Herbert another win. Um, but I, I, I don't love it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins come out on top here. But I just, I really think that Tua is gonna be. A little frazzled with with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, so so I'm going with the Chargers with the points. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Chargers with the points. I'm taking them to win as well too. Um, this is going to be the toughest defense, in my opinion, aside from Tampa when they faced him early in the season. This is going to be one of the toughest uh, opponents for Justin Herbert this year, um, and, and so I, I'm going to be really intrigued to see how Brian Flores game plans around a guy like Herbert and the way that this offense operates. I, I kind of said this a couple weeks ago when the 49ers were traveling to New England, and I was like, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo want this win more than Bill Belichick does. Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, has, you know, blew that historic 28-3 lead to Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. You know, Jimmy was traded away from New England when he was being told he was the next guy to replace Brady. Both those guys just wanted that win. Literally since the college football season ended, Justin Herbert and the Miami Dolphins were connected in every report that I saw. And now everybody says, you know, that was a smokescreen. And obviously they end up picking Tua here. 
there was, I mean, at the very least, you know that the Dolphins were connected to Justin Herbert for a long time. And now Herbert has started off the season strong. He wants this win over the Dolphins so bad. It's the first opportunity to say, fuck you for taking this other guy ahead of me. This That, that, should, like be, that. that should be me there. So this is a really... This, is, this has to be the most important game of the season for Herbert, I have to think, just emotionally, because you spend an entire offseason, he has to know, he, he, he openly admitted that he had met with the, the Dolphins more than any other team in the draft process. So then to not be picked by them, that's got to that's gotta piss you off. And then, of course, you start the season great, you want to be able to show up against them. So the, there's two things with that. One, it's like, okay, extra motivation for him, but also I hope he can keep a level head and play a, a solid game and not try to do too much because this is a talented Dolphins defense. Uh, but at the end of the day, I agree with you. I think, you know, the defensive line will bring some more pressure than the Cardinals were able to. Um, and I think now that they've got a little bit more film on Tua, there, there wasn't film. You, you can't really analyze a whole lot about an offense when your quarterback only throws 12 times. So now that you've seen him, you know, throw in the 30s and, and be able to pass around, see what the play action looks like, um, that's, that's one note. Just to talk about the Cardinals and where they messed up last week, the Dolphins don't have a run attack. They don't have a run game. But they were getting, they were getting, um, they were selling out on the run and getting burned on play action all the time. Like, always. Tua was just rolling out and having open receivers on play action plays because for some reason Arizona was trying to sell out to the run. The Dolphins don't have a run game. You know, they have a few guys in there, and, and you know, but they, they don't have a run game. So it was interesting to see a, a defense like that and the Cardinals just not understand what the strength of the Dolphins' offense is. Um, and so I think the Chargers will have a better understanding of that and saying, hey, just don't let Tua roll out of the pocket and don't, you know, bite on these, you know, play-action plays. And I think they'll do a whole lot better. Um, and I'm, I'm really just talking a lot about this game because it excites me so much, but... I do agree. I think the Chargers get the upset here. I just think it's going to be one of those fishy games where the Dolphins are for sure the better team, but I think the Chargers will just pull the upset here. Yeah, and just another thing to note, the Chargers, or the Dolphins are dealing with some COVID stuff. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. A couple guys, a couple important guys on that defense aren't going to play, so right. just uh, another note. Some fun tidbits here. All right, Ted, we've got five games left. Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm going to have to pick up the pace on the next two just a little bit, uh, just a, a time thing with work. Um, but these next two games, I don't know if there's a whole lot to talk about. Uh, so we've got the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, 2-5-1. and one. Uh, They are traveling to take the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the last remaining undefeated team in the, fo- in the National Football League. Steelers 8-0. They have won nine straight games versus the Cincinnati Bengals. They are sitting as seven-point favorites. Uh, Teddy, what do you think? It's a good team versus a bad team. How do you break this one down? Do you give the Bengals a shot? Yeah, well, I just have a little note here. So, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be trying to um, take down an undefeated team in the 8-0 Steelers. Um, only once has a rookie ever beaten an undefeated team that was Ooh. 8-0 or better. And that was Mark Sanchez with the 2009 oh. Jets against the 14-0 Colts. Oh, which shit. Granted, the Colts got him back in the AFC Championship game that year yeah, and made it to yeah. the Super Bowl. But... That's just an. It's always great to mix in Mark Sanchez into the podcast. You of know, course. love that guy. He deserves his recognition. Yeah, definitely. Um, this game, obviously, you have the Steelers, great undefeated team. You have the Bengals, who I think are playing pretty well for being two five and one. Um, Bengals coming off the bye, big win against the Titans two weeks ago. Steelers coming off that weird game against Dallas. Um, 
So, I mean, this game does give me some kind of pause. It seems like a good opportunity for the Bengals to show up and at least make it close um, for the Steelers to kind of let one go um, against what is considered a bad team um, in the league. But for me, this just comes down to the Bengals, in order to play, have had to pass, pass, pass. I mean, Burrow, I think, has thrown over 60 multiple times this year, um, over 60 pass attempts. And the Steelers, their pass defense, their second in opponents QBR, their first in opponent completion percentage, first in interceptions, first in sacks, first in QB hits. Um, I love Joe Burrow, but I just think that the Steelers are going to be looking to come out and dominate after that tough game last week against the Cowboys, and and I really just think they're going to make it a long, long day for Burrow. You look at the only time Burrow really hasn't had like the offense hasn't put up a lot of points, and that was against the Ravens and their defense, which I think is pretty similar to the Steelers. Um, so I do think this game has some opportunity for some craziness, but but I think the Steelers are going to get this one done um, and beat them by more than a touchdown. Yeah, Ted, I don't know if you saw my pick in the uh, the Pickums pool for this week that we're in with Jack and all them. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Bengals to get the upset here. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals plus seven. It's, it's an opportunity for it, for sure. It, it, well, here's my – I mean, the, the, the Steelers just play up or down to every opponent this year. The only team that they've really blown out this year has been the Browns um, about a month ago uh, when they won 38-7. to I've been riding with the Steelers a bunch uh, in the last few weeks after they burned me in that Browns game. I was like, okay, I'm finally on the Steelers. Let's go. I just think that this is going to be a weird game. If Joe Mixon is back too, that really helps out that Bengals offense. I'm not sure where that's at. But even Gio Bernard has been fine in his place. Um, I, I just... I'm buying Burrow to just give a give a little something out here. The Steelers are not going to go 16 and 0. And you look at the rest of their schedule. You know they've got the Jaguars. They get to play Washington. Uh, they'll get the Bengals and Browns again. They do have tough games against the Ravens again, the Steel, uh, the Bills, and the Colts. They're not a 16 and 0 team. This roster isn't talented enough to be 15 or one in one. In my opinion, it's probably not going to be 14-2 and two either. I think they're catching a lot of lucky breaks here and haven't faced a ton of great quarterbacks either. You know, this might be the third best quarterback that the Steelers have faced all year. I'd say that, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson are better, but I think Joe Burrow might be the third most talented QB they've faced all year. So mix in with that, plus to the Bengals or the Steelers always playing down to competition. Like, you shouldn't only beat the Cowboys by five. You shouldn't only beat the Broncos by five. Um, you know, some of their other wins, you know, the Texans by seven, the Texans have a really bad roster. Uh, I just think that the Bengals are going to keep this one close. And, and I like the idea of an upset here. I just like the idea of Burrow coming into town, getting a, a huge, you know, trademark win for his rookie season. Um, and it comes against the Steelers and, and I'm going to, I'm going to say they're going to get their first loss of the year here. Yeah. Really interesting. We shall see. It's, it's a good opportunity for it. I, I've been loving watching Burrow. I mean, he, he is terrific. He, he's yeah, he's going to be yeah. so good in this league for a while if he can stay healthy. All of these rookie quarterbacks, man, have, have I'm, showed up, you know, and, and that's good to I'm on the boat. You don't need to, uh, you don't need to sit quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks anymore behind starters. You, you don't. Quarterbacks in college now are prepared to come into the NFL and play day one. You know, I... I get wanting to hold back guys if maybe they've got injury history in a way like, you know, Tua. But, I mean, rookie quarterbacks more than ever are, are NFL-ready from day one. And, and so there's, you know, there's a, a fun quarterback class coming up this year. 
Um, so it's a, a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, moving along, though, we are going to go now to um, a game that doesn't really interest me a whole lot. The 49ers, 4-5, uh, with an empty, empty roster. Uh, last place in the NFC West right now. I personally believe that I think they're, they're throwing in the season. Uh, the Saints, meanwhile, 6-2. Really impressive, really, really impressive win over Tampa. They are nine-point favorites. Fun fact about the Saints, they have not allowed a 100-yard rusher in 46 straight games. Uh, very impressive. Obviously, you have to consider maybe some teams have to just pass a lot more to keep up with the Saints putting up points. Uh, but nonetheless, not, not allowing a 100-yard rusher in 46 straight games. The Saints are nine-point favorites. Teddy, are the 49ers going to keep it close, or do the Saints win by double digits? Yeah, this one's tough for me, man. I mean, the yeah. Saints have, <clears throat> they're obviously on a five-game win streak, and you got to give them all the credit in the world for that. Right. But I just, I, I don't really think that they've been playing all that great. I mean, you look, they have their last five game, or you throw away the Tampa Bay game for now, and you have a six-point win over Detroit, a three-point win over the Chargers, a three-point win over Carolina, and a three-point win over the Bears. I mean, that doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence, like, oh, this is one of the best teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and you obviously take the 49ers, and you're, they just really do have this kind of lost season with all their injuries. Um, I don't think the Saints-Bucks game last week, I mean, obviously give them all the credit in the world for dominating that game, but I, again, I say this all the time, but I really think that was more of an anomaly than anything else. Um, and... I don't know, man. I, I was going to go with the 49ers plus nine because I I read some reports they were going to – they're hopeful that Debo Samuel is going to play, that Tevin Coleman's going to play. Um, so I would think that they would keep it close. But, but looking at the practice reports, neither of those guys have practiced um, all week. So, so I'm just going to take the Saints minus nine here. I, I, I do think the 49ers are kind of throwing in the towel. If they had some of those guys back, maybe I would think differently. But when you just don't have that firepower on offense, you don't have those playmakers, it makes it really, really tough to, uh, to to stay competitive. And especially when you're in this lost season, like you just said, you think they're kind of throwing in the towel. Um, that's not going to lead to a lot of great things. So I'm definitely scared. Last time we buried the 49ers, they came back and they won um, against, I mean, I don't remember exactly who, but but they came back and they, and they put on a couple good shows. Um, but but I'm going to take the Saints minus nine here. Yeah, for some reason I thought you were going to be on the 49ers, and I was going to yeah, let well, you. Yeah, I was originally. I had it written that way, but but uh, the injury reports that I just looked up. Right. I, I was, still haven't practiced all week. I was going to let you convince me to take 49ers plus nine because I have Saints minus nine, and I'm just going to stick with it here. It's it's a really big spread, and Kyle Shanahan, you know, rarely does lose by a lot. You know, last week against Green Bay, they lost by a lot. Um, so you have to say, okay, well, what are they really going to do here? The Saints also a team that sometimes can play down to their competition. You know, like you said, narrow wins over the Bears, Chargers, Panthers, barely beat the Lions as well, too. Um, you know, they really have only won big against the Buccaneers this past week. So that makes you wonder, okay, what are they going to do? But I'm with you. The, the 49ers right now are just a very lost football team uh, with not a whole lot to look forward to. I think that they should just at this point, the division is so good. You're not going to be pushing for a Super Bowl, so why not get a higher draft pick? It's not It's not that you're um, tanking necessarily, but you have the most injured roster uh, that we've seen in quite some time, so why not just take the L's here? Uh, so I'm going to go Saints minus nine as well too, and I, I think they can definitely be 10, point, uh, 10 points better than the 49ers this coming weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I hate flip flopping, but me too. I, well, I hate the, these big lines, man. Packers minus thirteen, Saints minus nine. They just they scare me. Um, all right, three games left. Uh, one of the most exciting games of the week has to be. I don't think it's getting enough uh, respect as you know people are really hyping up Chargers Dolphins. A lot of people are hyping up the uh, Bills Cardinals. Seahawks Rams is going to be a terrific game. The Seahawks six and two. They put up 30-plus points, I think 34 points against the Bills, but they allowed 44. This defense is one of the worst of all time in NFL history. Uh, they are traveling to take on the Los Angeles Rams, who are 5-3. and three. Off of their bye week, the Rams have won four out of the last five games versus Seattle. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Teddy, do you think the Seahawks will right the ship? Do you think that the Rams are a little overrated? How do you see this one going? Yeah, honestly, I think both of these teams are a little overrated. Um, but but I'm definitely surprised that um, that the Rams are favored in this game. Hmm. Now, obviously, <clears throat> you take into account that their offense, the Seahawks' defense, has been their downfall all year. You know, like last week against the Bills, 34 points should be enough to beat a lot of teams in the NFL. But when you're giving up 44 that's not going to work out, you know, and that, and that's tough for an offense because you feel like you did your job that day. And then the defense isn't helping you out. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you look at the Rams, I mean, obviously with McVay, with golf, cup Woods, you know, they have those weapons, they have the game plan ability, um, to score those points. But if you just look at the Rams season this year, their five wins have come against the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Washington football team, a.k.a. the entire NFC East, and then the Bears. And then they've lost to the Bills, the 49ers, and the Dolphins. So they really haven't beaten anyone great yet. And I think this line is is in the Rams' favor simply because of um, simply because of the way that everyone's kind of panicking on the Seahawks and their defense after these past couple games. Um, granted, they deserve a little bit of panic with that defense, but mm. I still just think the Seahawks are, are a better team. You, you just said they're, they're four, or excuse me, the Rams are four out of five wins against the Seahawks. But, I mean, really in the past three years, they've split it twice. In 2018, when the Rams were really dominant and McVay was running the show, um, taking the, the NFL by storm, that's when they beat them both times, and they were both pretty close games. So... I'm not really buying into that. I think the Seahawks are still better. The Rams have been underwhelming to me all year. They haven't beaten anyone good yet. So I'm going to stick with the Seahawks, especially plus money and to win the game. Ted, I, w I, am not, uh, I couldn't be happier to disagree with you entirely on this one. Uh, I love the Rams minus one and a half here. I think that this line should be Rams minus three, if not a little bit more. The Rams have a good defense. That Dolphins game, I do not care about that. That is one of those anomaly games, kind of like we see it every year with these great teams. They just have games where it just doesn't work their way. And Brian Flores has historically owned Sean McVay. Pete Carroll has not historically owned Sean McVay. They do have one of the better offenses in football still. A very balanced attack. Um, and really, Jared Goff is only bad when he doesn't have protection. And the Seahawks cannot apply pressure to the quarterback. Their run defense is not that good at all. And I really think Cooper Cup, big game here. Robert Woods will stretch it a couple times. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to have a field day in the middle of that defense. I really think he is coming out of the slot. I think he will – Ted, slot receivers have been owning, owning Jamal Adams this year. 
Um, and so I, Dude, think, I, which, I don't know why everyone is so like blown away by that. Jamal Adams has never been he's anything been, more than an right. average. He's a thumper guy. Like I, he, Jamal Adams is who he is because of his ability to pass to rush the passer. I mean, it's really as simple as that. Right. I, I just I think really the Seahawks defense. We can't think that the Rams are the Rams put up. I think an average in in Sean McVay's tenure, they put up an average of thirty points uh, against Pete Carroll since Sean McVay has arrived in Los Angeles. And this is the worst that that defense has ever been in Seattle since Sean McVay has been there. So I think Sean McVay yeah. has a field day. Uh, and, and as long as Jared Goff is is protected, I think he's going to be able to find Cup and and Woods breaking through uh, on that secondary. Um, I, I, I really do. I love Rams minus one and a half this week. Um, I, I, I've never, I, you know, I, I never bought in. I, I think you know that as I never bought into the Seahawks this year with their defense. Um, I, I love the offense. I love Russ, DK, and, uh, and Tyler Lockett. But I, I've also thought that the Rams quietly have one of the better rosters in the NFC. I would say that the Bucks and the Packers I like more. I kind of like the Rams more than the Saints, to be honest. Um, I, I think the Rams might be my third favorite team in the NFC right now. Um, and I just I think coming off the bye, Sean McVay is going to be ready. Uh, yes, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks will want to get back to, to winning, uh, but I just don't I don't think it's going to happen this week. I, I think the Seahawks are going to dip for a little bit and then maybe try and surge back by the end of the season. So I'm going Rams minus one and a half. Uh, let's move on now. we got two games. Ted, I, I'm sorry to rush us. I really am, but um, I, I, we got to speed these last two up uh, a little bit quicker. I've got to cut off for work. Um, Sunday night football, Ravens, Patriots, beginning of the, the year, this would have been one of the games of the year. Uh, since then, the Patriots have been a very bad football team. Ravens, six and two, fresh off their uh, double digit win over the Colts last week. Uh, tale of two halves in that one. They looked awful in the first half. They looked great in the second half and just pulled out the win at the end uh, by, by a, you know, double digits. So credit to them. Uh, meanwhile, the Patriots, uh, only won by a game-winning field goal over the Jets. Ted, I bet that was a, a heartbreaking game to watch um, because you know it's like the Jets are so close to sniffing a uh, so close to sniffing a victory there before uh, you know just falling short. The Ravens seven-point favorites. Uh, fun fact here: Lamar Jackson has uh, he's 25 and five in his first 30 starts, which is tied for the most in the Super Bowl era. Um, he you know for as much crap as he gets, they they win football games uh, in Baltimore. Um, Seven-point favorites on the road. Are you buying that the Patriots will keep this close, Teddy? Do you think they've started to find things out, or do you believe that the Ravens are kind of catching New England at the right time here? Yeah, I, I, I don't buy the Patriots. Um, I'm going to okay. be on the Ravens' side this week. Yeah. Uh, I do just want to say, last week obviously it was heartbreaking, but <clears throat> I'm happy the Jets have that stranglehold on the number one pick right now, so that's yep. kind of what I'm rooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, Patriots, listen... They, I think they've shown us, and I think last week against the Jets, they're not going to be a good football team this season. Um, Cam looks like he's going to fall apart every time he throws the football. I mean, if you watch the game, the Monday Night Football announcers kept calling it out. You see time after time again, he's throwing the ball without setting his feet, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what leads to mistakes in this league. Um, you can't do that as a quarterback. And <clears throat> obviously, the Jets weren't able to capitalize on those on those types of throws. But the Ravens, I think, definitely will be able to. I think their yeah. their defense is obviously so much better than the Jets. And Cam isn't going to be able to just dink his dink and dunk his way down the field. Um, Jets kept that game close by just big play after big play, um, and I think the Ravens will be able to get those big plays as well as control the time of possession, run the football, um, 
So I just really don't believe in the Patriots at all, especially that offense against the Ravens' defense. So I think they match up really well, and I think they'll dominate this game. Yeah, the, my fun thing about watching the Ravens this past week, what was really interesting, um, getting to watch, you know, I, I watched every play of it because they were playing against the Colts. You know, that's a game right. that I'll focus on more than anything. When they are playing to the speed, when they're when the Ravens' offense is playing to the speed of Lamar Jackson, their offense looks like it did last year. The problem is, is they try to slow it down a little bit too much. I don't know if Greg Roman is trying to keep everybody fresh and save them for the playoffs or what it is. But when they move up-tempo, there isn't a defense that can stop them, in my opinion. It's when they slow down, when they don't, you know, do no huddles, they don't get to the line quick. That When they slow things down, that's when the offense really starts to, um, to stumble a little bit. So I, I think if they can keep pace, I think if they want to keep New England on the field and just keep them, you know, up-tempo offense, I agree. I think this could be a Ravens blowout. The, I said it last week, you know, the line ended up being Patriots minus 10 the Patriots are not 10 points better than anybody in this league right now. They're not. They're a really bad football team. Um, and so I'm with you. Ravens minus seven. I think they're the far and away better team. It's funny to look at the Patriots, you know, like this. You know, we've never looked at the Patriots like this in our entire lives where we would say yeah. they're seven-point underdogs and we're not buying them. Um, so I'm with you. Ravens minus seven. I think it's a pretty solid bet too. All right, so let's wrap things up. Monday night football where Kirk Cousins is 0-9 in his career on Monday Night Football. 3-5, traveling to take on the Chicago Bears 5-4. Really interesting line here, Teddy. The Vikings minus 3, despite being, you know, having a a far worse record than the Bears. Bears are definitely an underwhelming 5-4, and and the Vikings have certainly been finding their groove a little bit recently, uh, especially, you know, uh, how they were able to take care of Detroit. Uh, how they beat up Green Bay a couple weeks ago. Uh, so they're sitting here, despite the the worst record, they're sitting at three-point favorites on the road. Uh, is Kirk Cousins going to get that first Monday Night Football win of his career, Ted? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's what scares me. Kirk Cousins in primetime. We we all know it. Story as old as time. Um, but for me, it, it doesn't really come down to Kirk Cousins. It comes down to Dalvin Cook. And you look at this Vikings team, and when Dalvin Cook is healthy and running the ball um, – good things happen and I think this game is just going to be like a possession battle um, where Vikings are trying to run the ball keep the ball Bears trying to get them off the field trying to stay on the field um, when their offense has it but I just I I don't believe in the Bears they've come down to earth since their five and one start Um, so I think the Vikings are going to end up dominating the time of possession and then you throw in who knows maybe a couple fulls turnovers um, and I think that's just going to ruin this game for him. So I'm a little scared. These primetime games have been tough, but but I'm taking Vikings minus three on the back of Dalvin Cook. I am too, and and it worries me that is like is everybody officially so sold on the Bears that this is the time that they come out and they actually win a football game? You know, everybody has to say that you know the the Bears are just trending so far down, like you said, since that five and one start that it's like. Is there a little bit here where it's like, oh, this might be where everybody is a little bit too low on them? Um, but but I agree. I think the Vikings, I mean, their offense, man, it, look, I don't love Kirk Cousins, but with Cook and then being able to work on the play action with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, tight end play with Irv Smith Jr. really coming into his own as, as the leading um, you know, target guy at the tight end position for Kirk, I, I think they're going to get it done. It's going to be crazy to say, how did the Bears end up at 5-5? Five and five? A lot of people are, are calling for Mitch to come back at quarterback. Uh, I think it's safe to say that neither of these guys will be back in Chicago next year. I believe that they should uh, 
probably look for somebody a little bit different to run this offense. I'm with you though. I think the Bear, I think I'm taking Vikings minus three. I think they get the win, and and Vikings slowly churning out some impressive wins in three weeks in a row now, um, as they hopefully try and maybe fight for a wild card spot. It's going to be tough in the NFC, um, and but being at four and five gets you a little bit closer if you can really get hot the second half of the season. So, I'm with you there. Vikings minus three. Uh, that'll that'll be the entire board for this week, Teddy. Uh, before we get going, what are your three best bets of the week? Yeah, I mean, you scared me a little bit, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Seahawks mm. plus one and a half. I, I just I can't bet against Russell Wilson plus money off of a loss. I, I can't do it. Um, so I'm going Seahawks. I'm gonna go the Raiders um, minus four and a half over the Broncos. I just I, I think this is a good Raiders team. I've been enjoying betting on them these past couple weeks. And then I'm gonna go the Bucks over the Panthers minus six. I think they're gonna bounce back in a big way. Awesome. Perfect. So so I'm going to take the Rams minus one and a half is one of my best bets for the week. Um, I, I really do think that this is just a, a team that will be able to dominate Pete Carroll this upcoming week. Uh, my second best bet, I, man, some of these lines are scary. I hadn't thought about my other two. I, I'm going to go Ravens minus seven. I think they'll be able I like to, that one too. I, I, I think, was thinking about that. I think they'll, be, they'll easily be able to take care of New England here. So Rams... Ravens, and for a third one that I feel really great about, I, I'm gonna go with the Bills. I don't, I don't get why they're underdogs in this one. I really don't. I think they're gonna yeah. be Arizona, and so that will be uh, my third best bet. So I'm on. You the, just picked my two that I was considering, but didn't put in my best bets. And, so. and you did that last week for me. There were a couple that you had picked that I was considering, but didn't end up yep. taking. So very interesting to see there, uh, Teddy. I'm sorry to have to rush us at the end of this, um, but I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to go through these uh, these uh, games with us. Anything else that you want to say before we get going? I know both of us are going to look for a strong bounce back week where we can uh, get back to our winning ways. No, yeah, I, I'm all set. I just thanks for having me on again, and I, I'm feeling a lot better. Last week Good. I was I was groggy, I was slow, I wasn't myself. This week I'm locked in. So locked in. Ready to go. We're both going to have a terrific week on every game we agreed on, and then hopefully we... we uh, and then I'll win the other ones. Right, yeah, you'll win all the other ones. And so that'll be how the week will play out. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to go over, uh, like, subscribe, review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys are listening. Really appreciate the continued support from all of you guys. Uh, for Teddy Pristash, I'm Blake Pace, and we'll see you next week. Take care.